Hello and welcome to You Get What You Give, a weekly podcast that dives deep into the journey and process of transformation at the levels of mind, body, and spirit. My name is Chelsea Eden Dubow, and I'm an intuitive channel and spiritual teacher who is blessed to be able to help human beings overcome life's biggest obstacle to transformation themselves. Hello, and welcome to episode seven. Today we're going to talk about something that is extremely important to any transformation journey, and that's self-awareness and how having self-awareness actually creates the space that you need for transformation to occur. I've had a ton of insight about something that I hadn't been paying attention to. It's funny because even though I'm an intuitive, there are blind spots that exist. Those places within my being that are really enmeshed with my ego. They have to exist though, because if they didn't, I wouldn't be evolving either. And that's the whole point of being a teacher. (laughs) The whole point of being a teacher is that you must be a continuous learner as well. It's quite humbling. One thing that I've noticed is that even as we transform, our egos transform as well. They evolve. One of the ways that my ego has evolved on my transformation journey is the really, it's a really interesting sort of semi-unconscious belief that I am somehow above conflict, that if some kind of conflict arises between myself and another person, I'm just going to be able to navigate it with incredible grace and humility. My ego is so non-egotistical, or so it thinks. And that makes me laugh. (laughs) My ego thinks that it is beyond reproach and therefore perfect, above all conflict, holier than thou. You know, I don't think I consciously ever said that to myself, but it's it's there in the operating system. And so even though this represents an evolved form of ego, it's still a part of that original trauma, that wound, where that sense of not enoughness arose from. It's the desire to overcome that not-enoughness by overcompensating. The thing with trauma and suffering is that so long as you identify yourself with it, you're going to be unable to step into the kind of transformation you desire. But there's another part of this too. Being aware of the wound and not identifying it doesn't mean that there isn't still parts that are going to need to be released within you. The evolution of the ego is an interesting thing. It's like watching someone walk along the road holding a bag with a hole ripped in its side and it's just spewing dirty laundry along the way. I never said that transformation wasn't messy. In fact, it can be really dirty and turbulent. And that's sort of the nature of change. It's chaotic at times, but even still, it's always the path of least resistance, not least effort. I'm walking down the road, I'm journeying. I'm transforming, but my ego bag filled with all my dirty laundry is still falling out behind me as I go, which is good, which is a good thing. So how do I know this? Well, I came face to face with it today, in fact. Well, by the time this records, it won't be today, but you know what I mean. And I'm so glad that I did. It's like finding a hidden door. You turn the knob and it's locked, and for the briefest of moments, you feel anxious and frustrated about it, but only until you remember that you actually have the key. So what happened? 
early this morning, my beautiful baby boy wound up and head-butted me right in the face. I'm telling you, I cried. It hurt so badly. I, I thought my nose was broken. My husband and I both said, you know, no, no, we don't hurt or kick people. To which my beautiful son responded with two slaps to my face and windmill kicks to my husband's arm. It was really fun times. My husband picked him up and then took him back to his crib. This was early in the morning. I could hear my son start to cry, and I asked my husband, okay, how long should we keep him in there? He said, one hour. Well, I wasn't having that. An hour? A whole hour? That's totally unreasonable, I said. And things kind of escalated quickly after that, and it kind of culminated in an argument where couples counseling was mentioned. My husband said that I never listened to him and that he never puts his foot down, but if I go get our toddler from his room, that there will be trouble. So all I heard in this exchange was that I didn't have a voice when it came to my son's discipline, and all I could see was my husband being harsh and dictatorial. I bristled at the thought of seeing a psychologist, because what the heck did I even do wrong here? He's mad at me? For not listening? He didn't even listen to me. Clearly, he's the one going through something, I thought. Totally not high and mighty. Okay, I thought, I'll just, I'll step back, I'll give him space, and be the clearly saintly and benevolent person here. Because clearly he's less evolved. Can you believe the ego there? It's just so precious, not because I'm sitting here in judgment of either my husband or myself, but to look at and bear witness to the part of ourselves that lives in darkness. It's such a gift. It's uncomfortable at first, but with time, when you're able to look at these aspects and appreciate them for what they can do for you, you will start to delight when they are noticed during your transformation journey. Because take heart. Only those who are truly on a transformation journey of a certain kind during their evolution are able to apply these tools of introspection and use the ego as a tool for growth and learning. Anyways, back to my story. I should clarify that before anyone hears this and thinks an hour is, you know, cruel and inhumane punishment, it was still really early in the morning and it was clear that our son was very tired. He did fall asleep right away. (laughs) But back to my story. I was huffing and puffing internally, of course. As my husband and son were preparing to leave to go to a play zone in order to give me some time to myself to do the things. I do to cultivate my business, including this podcast. You know, I do this work early in the morning, late at night, and on the weekends because I have what I call a normie job, a regular person job. That job is my beautiful connection to this paradoxical illusory system of which I am a part, (laughs) and it feeds my soul in a different and beautiful way right now. Anyways. Did I see it this way that my husband was trying to give me the sacred time to work on my passion? No. All I saw was an arrogant, unevolved jerk who was being unfair. I burned some incense, and I did some breathwork as I worked on my content and asked a question to the ether. How can I see this more clearly? This disconnect between my husband and I regarding our son. My husband did not feel listened to. I didn't feel listened to, and we were having trouble meeting in the middle. 
It was shortly after that that I saw an account that I follow but sort of rarely pay attention to doing an Instagram live. For some reason, I clicked on it and had it playing in the background while I worked. And in this Instagram live, a story was shared about how when trying to figure out the source of people's suffering, an important question to ask is, what is their relationship like with their parents? Now, this made my ears perk up because of life cycling, which is a coaching modality that I use and talk about often. Again, it's a channeled modality. In the story, a woman was asked this question and shared that her father was wonderful. You know, he gave her everything. He treated her like a princess. Now, the woman's partner happened to be there too and shared that this aspect of her relationship with her father had actually hurt her relationships because nobody could ever measure up to her father. In fact, in treating her like a princess, this had created a bit of a monster. I listened to a little bit more of the live, but then decided to get a little bit of rest because it's not a weekend unless you're also sick from some kind of daycare bug. But something about the story stuck with me. I hopped in the shower and asked again for clarity. Because what my husband said had really stuck. That he's never felt listened to. How could that be? What was I missing? I'm a great listener. It was then that I heard a voice in my head say, In your fear to share your wound, you are giving another. Since my son was born, I've been unable to let him cry. It, it breaks me. One of my earliest memories is being left to cry and feeling that sense of abandonment because of it. I am not blaming my wonderful mother at all for this. You know, there are some forms of suffering that come to us through no fault of our caregivers. But because of this, I've been unable to set firm and healthy boundaries with my son and have viewed any kind of boundary as cruel and potentially damaging. Of course, I didn't realize that, but it is the truth. I was not prepared for the emotions of motherhood, especially being someone who never envisioned herself having children in the first place, and I'm certainly not prepared for toddlerhood. The breaking open of oneself that occurs at the moment of birth and which represents the death of the person you once were is certainly a fascinating and profound aspect of motherhood that I never expected, but which has been an elementary, serendipitous, and beautiful part of my awakening and transformation journey. My ego as a mother was expressing itself as the father to that woman had expressed itself. By not providing boundaries or structure, that father had robbed his daughter of the kind of self-actualization that comes when we are lovingly challenged and supported to become the best versions of ourselves. I am not talking about perfectionism here, or chasing false ideals. I'm talking about being versions of ourselves who know and respect the boundaries of others, which in turn, and perhaps most importantly, instills in us the ability to respect ourselves and assert our own healthy boundaries. Boundaries don't always look like walls of protection, 
though they certainly can be. Boundaries may also be understood as the railings which keep us on a path towards that best, most ideal version, which again is not the perfect, unattainable version, but the version of yourself that is self-loving and respecting in a way that is loving and respectful of others. In the story, the woman had had terrible luck in relationships, and it was because she was never provided with a foundation of mutual respect, which comes of deep trust that another has their best interests at heart. The soul knows when we are in a relationship, and this includes our parents, where our best interests are not at heart. Where a parent is so scared to experience their child's own unhappiness that they sacrifice their own or create a reality for their children that renders them incapable and or ill-equipped to interact with the world in a healthy way. Love is of course still love, and is eternal. But love can also be expressed in many different ways, one of which is the setting of healthy boundaries to ensure that our children are equipped to move in this world and not set up for failure. Wounds can look like many different things including a child who is coddled and not given the opportunity to create a personality based in truth and loving guidance. Suddenly, in the shower, I saw quite clearly what was happening. My husband hadn't felt listened to, and I could see why. The strength of a mother to protect her child from any influence she feels inappropriate is quite strong, even when it's not necessarily in the child's best interest. It was in my best interest. How fascinating. Without even knowing it, I was creating a different kind of wound, the kind where my son would grow up not knowing or respecting boundaries. He'd hit me and caused pain. This is a tough age, and developmentally, this kind of behavior is normal, if not unpleasant, with its boundary testing and big feelings. But I had been unprepared to respond to boundary setting with boundaries of my own healthy boundaries, rooted in a desire to instill qualities and behaviors that will help ensure that my son is able to move through the world in a way that not only respects himself, but respects others as well. It was an aha moment, (laughs) for sure. And to my husband's credit, he didn't say, I told you so. But it is a testament to the power of personal inquiry and self-reflection to being able to uncover those dark places that still exist. And there's nothing wrong with them existing. But how can you deal with them and integrate them and transform into the ideal version of yourself unless you're aware of them? This is why self-awareness is such a powerful exercise to cultivate. Paradoxically, the more self-aware you become, the more empathetic you become to the plight and tribulations of others. Self-awareness in this context may be more accurately called ego-awareness, since it represents a greater knowledge of the aspect of self which is of the false self, not the higher self. That's not at all to denigrate it, because without our ego, how would we grow? May you be blessed with the wherewithal to stop and ask yourself the right questions the next time you find yourself in a prickly situation where you start to feel like you might be missing something. That something just might lead you into greater self-awareness on the path to transformation.
Now, please join in a guided meditation on cultivating that greater self-awareness, especially in times of strife. If you're driving or otherwise distracted, please come back later. Welcome to this guided meditation on cultivating greater self-awareness in times of strife. Find a comfortable position, either sitting or lying down, and take a moment to center yourself. Close your eyes if you feel comfortable doing so. Today, we embark on a journey to deepen our self-awareness and navigate moments of difficulty with grace. Begin by taking a deep breath in, allowing the air to fill your lungs, and exhaling slowly. Inhale calmness, and as you exhale, release any tension or anxiety. Feel the breath as it anchors you in the present moment. Imagine yourself in a serene, natural setting, a place that brings you peace. It could be a forest, a beach, or a mountaintop. Picture the details, the colors, the textures, and the sounds around you. As you connect with this peaceful place, feel the ground beneath you. Whether it's soil, sand, or grass, sense the support it provides. Ground yourself in the present moment, knowing that, like the earth beneath you, you have the strength to weather the storms. Shift your attention to your body. Notice any sensations or tensions that may be present. Without judgment, observe these sensations and breathe into them. Allow your breath to soften any areas of tightness. As you bring awareness to your physical state, recognize that your body is a messenger offering insights into your emotions and experiences. Now, turn your attention to your emotions 
acknowledge any feelings that may be arising, whether they are sadness, frustration, or fear. Allow these emotions to surface without resisting them. Embrace them as natural aspects of the human experience. Visualize your emotions as waves, ebbing and flowing. As you breathe, let these emotional waves come and go, understanding that they do not define you. Imagine yourself stepping back from your thoughts and emotions, becoming the observer of your own experience. See your thoughts and feelings as passing clouds in the vast sky of your awareness. As the observer, you are not defined by your thoughts or emotions. You have the power to choose how you respond to them. Bring your attention to the present moment, letting go of the chatter in your mind. Imagine a serene lake reflecting the clear sky above. Your mind is like this lake, calm, clear, and still. With each breath, allow the ripples of the mind to settle. Cultivate a sense of inner stillness, knowing that the stillness is always accessible even in times of strife. Practice accepting yourself as you are in this moment without judgment. Understand that self-awareness is not about perfection, but about embracing your whole self with all its strengths and imperfections. As you breathe, let go of any self-critical thoughts. Replace them with affirmations of self-acceptance and compassion. Now, 
bring to mind an intention for greater self-awareness in times of strife. This could be a commitment to observe your thoughts without attachment or to respond with compassion rather than reactivity. See this intention as a seed planted within you, ready to grow and flourish in the garden of your self-awareness. Express gratitude for the moments of self-awareness you've cultivated during this meditation. Recognize that in embracing your inner landscape, you gain the strength to navigate the challenges with resilience and grace. Gently bring your awareness back to the present moment. Wiggle your fingers and toes, becoming aware of your physical body When you're ready, open your eyes. Carry the awareness and inner stillness with you as you navigate your day. Remember, in times of strife, your inner sanctuary is always within reach. Thank you for joining in this guided meditation. Blessings. Thank you for joining me on You Get What You Give. For more information about Edensgate Spiritual Academy, please visit the website at edensgate.ca. Until next time, and remember, you are loved beyond measure.